Welcome to the Fit and Fast After 40 podcast presented by Endurance Journey Coaching. Hi, I'm Patrick Ash, and in this podcast, I will share over 50 years of combined coaching, parenting, and husband experience to help people ages 40 and beyond get stronger, fitter, healthier, and be more resilient so that you can thrive in this endurance event called life. Welcome to the Fit and Fast After 40 podcast, episode number five. Very excited today to have a special guest, Connie Pastorius. She is a certified fitness coach and mama living in NYC, owner of Pastorius Fitness, and she helps busy mamas get stronger and gain energy so they can go from chaos to crushing it. I love that tagline. It's awesome. And today, Connie's going to talk specifically about some of the techniques and tactics she uses with her clients to help develop good nutrition habits for the long game. So being consistent for a long time to make meaningful change. So we're going to dive into some of those tactics because I know me as an endurance coach and a fitness coach that I get lots of questions about nutrition and what diet plans the best and all those different things that people look up on Dr. Google. And we want to clarify some of that today and really give you some tangible tactics and strategies that you can apply right after listening to this podcast. So we're going to get into it today. So welcome to the show, Connie. Hi, Patrick. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here today. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, Connie, what I want to get into first is really diving into some of your coaching strategies, because I think the work that you do is amazing. And I think you have some really great experience working with, I know specifically moms, but really as parents, we're all busy and we all struggle with the same thing. And that's time is figuring out how can we best use our time to make sure that we're engaging in healthy habits and behavior practices that support our health. So when it comes to specifically nutrition and even meal planning, what are some of the specific tactics or strategies that you've found particularly useful in using with your clients? Oh boy, how much time we got. I could well, I could talk about this all the live long day. Just rip it. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. So like like you mentioned, I live in New York City, which as far as I'm concerned is like the amazing food capital of America. Um, if not the world, I love I love it here. And that and you know, the the food alone is one of the reasons why I have no intention on ever moving out of New York City. And what I found with my clients specifically in this town is that their biggest fear is if they have to give up that amazing food culture that we have. And, you know, the easiest work away work around for that, you know, fear or that worry is to not give it up. Right. So what I do with them is I take an approach uh, that allows room for flexibility in their diet to enjoy, you know, their favorite cheeseburger spot or a slice of pizza for lunch one day. Uh, that way it's not a, a limiting uh, approach to their nutrition and health. What we do is just uh, front load our, our plates and we front load our, our menus for the week with foods that support the healthy lifestyle we wanna live. And, and when you do this 80% of the time, 
the 20% that you have an ice cream cone or, uh, you know, peppermint mocha or whatever your delight of choice is, it's not going to even make a difference because you are doing so much healthy, good stuff for your body that it, it uh, vastly outweighs the unhealthy stuff. That's yeah, that's awesome. I think, you know, that that idea of flexibility becomes super important because a lot of you know, quote unquote, diets or plans that are prescribed out there often are very restrictive and they, 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 you know, pigeonhole people into only eating certain foods at certain times. And without that flexibility, it's hard for people to stay consistent. And I want to dig into there is something you said about front loading their, their menu. So can you kind of dive into that a little bit more specifically about what you mean by front loading? Absolutely. So this is like food and planning are like my wheelhouse. And I love talking about this. So with nutrition, just like fitness, just like, you know, any kind of organization you want to do, it's a proactive approach. So what I do with my clients is I give them or have them purchase their favorite uh, writable calendar for the week. And you basically just fill in the meals and, and do a little bit of planning. Uh, pre-planning and using this 80-20 principle, which we don't call it a rule because, you know, you think of a rule, you intend to break it <laughs> immediately. Yeah. So with the 80-20 principle, which has been shown to be the most sustainable uh, nutrition habit, as far as a, a diet goes, I'm air quoting right now, <laughs> yeah. um, you plan healthy nutrient dense meals 80% of the time. And, you know, doing a week at a time is pretty, pretty doable if we do grocery shopping once a week. Uh, and then 20% of the time you make room for date night or ramen or sushi, whatever it is that's not necessarily uh, contributing to your fitness goals or your healthy lifestyle goals, but it's still something that you want to enjoy. So what that looks like is, you know, let's just assume three meals a day, seven days a week. We're going to do a little bit of math on our podcast today. That's 21 right. meals for a week, right? 21 meals, 80% is about 17 meals. So that leaves four spaces in your breakfast, lunch, and dinners throughout the week to grab a bagel for breakfast on a Saturday or, you know, order your favorite pizza place or, you know, whatever it is that you still want to include in your life. So whenever we look at that 80%, those 17 meals, we simply fill in the, you know, with what we know to be a healthy, balanced, uh, nutritious plate, right? So we add fresh fruits and vegetables where we can, uh, and, and we plan out the meals based on what we know and what's the easiest, right? So we're mom, uh, you know, we're parents, uh, even if you're just busy throughout the day, you know, this is applicable to anybody, but we take, uh, for example, breakfast, right? I eat the same eggs, scrambled eggs, turkey sausage, and a piece of toast just about every day of the week. So I fill those in that seven meals already done, right? And then I go to my favorite meals that I like to cook for dinner. And I don't overthink it because for me, uh, I, I'm trying to really disconnect the emotional uh, aspect to every single meal that I eat. So if we're thinking, that's, all right, I'm doing a strength training program, I want to have roughly, you know, 20 grams of protein per meal for me, this is just an example. Uh, so that would be, you know, utilizing chicken breasts that I roast into the, in the oven or, you know, it's just some meal that I know that I can do quickly, or I pull out a 
cookbook that I really like, you know, Ina Garden is a favorite chef of mine. Mm -hmm. So I make a lot of her foods. Um, so then, yeah, going and filling in most of the dinners throughout the day, uh, I'm sorry, throughout the week. And then from there, what I also do is uh, bulk batch my meals. So again, it's all about using the, the time that you have to commit to this the most effectively. So that means if you're in the kitchen already making a mess already, you might as well cook two meals at once, right? Or prep meals and then prep the snacks that you have for your kids or for yourself. So if I'm having, let's say uh, curry lentils and rice for one meal for dinner, I'm gonna make twice that amount. That way I know that I can just throw that into the lunch space for the next day or two. And then by the time, you know, once you get really comfortable doing this, then it happens pretty fast and you, you get pretty comfortable doing it. And then at the end, you have the 17 healthy meals and then the four whatever, you know, within reason. So don't, don't throw a buffet meal into one of your days. Um, although I'm not even sure buffets are a thing right now. Mm, yeah, no, not right now. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, that, that allows the, you're, you're having 17 healthy nutrient dense meals. I, I don't utilize the words good or bad because that's arbitrary, um, but healthy nutrient dense meals, 17 of, of them throughout the week, four meals isn't going to derail your fitness progress. And that's what I found is the most, uh, you know, effective for my clients. Gotcha. Okay. So this idea of, of, you know, taking some time to plan out your meals, you know, he gave a great example of 21. So 17, so 80, 20. So 17 of those are, you know, healthy, nutrient dense meals. And then um, I like the idea of batch cooking. It's a great idea. It just gives you a little, you're cooking anyway. So that covers off some meals without having to do extra prep on top of that, especially when we don't have a lot of time. That comes in super handy. Um, if we can dial that practice in a little bit more, um, what's the process you take someone through to actually create that plan? Like more specifically, I guess, like do you have, you, you said you have sort of like a planner that you give them and how do you come up with those particular meals that they're gonna put on that plan? So I start with what they like and what they already eat, you know? Right now, it's the season for oatmeal for me. So that's one of my main breakfasts. Um, me too. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Endurance athletes. Yeah. Um, it, you, start, you start with what you like and what you know how to cook and things that you don't want to eliminate from your diet. And you just make room for it. So, you know, whenever, whenever we're learning this new skill, it's easy to kind of get lost in the weeds with like, oh, well, do I do, you know? this many vegetables on this plate? How many meatless days do I do? Is this, you know, should I be also doing keto at the same time? The answer, mm -hmm. Quick answer is no, but, um, uh, you know, the easiest way to develop a habit is to make it as easy as possible to do or as hard as possible to screw up, <laughs> right? So whenever, uh, you know, I'm taking them through, I, I say, lay out whatever cookbooks you like to use, right? Write down whatever meals come to mind that you know you can throw together really fast, that you know your family likes, that you know is relatively healthy, and just start plugging it in. You know, get use a pencil with an eraser because you're gonna move it around. And 
just simply start, you know, you don't, you don't have to stick to it. If it doesn't work out the first few nights, or you find that you have like extra leftovers that you didn't expect that you want to utilize for lunch the next day. Um, but basically you just start writing in what you know and, and go from there. Right. And mm -hmm. if it's hard for you to come up with like different meals, then create themes and start having fun with it. So you can do meatless Mondays and taco Tuesdays. Like I make room in my diet for tacos and loaded nachos. So, you know, whatever it is that you want to try to like create a system out of, if that's fun for you, it's a great way to start narrowing down the recipes that you have. Mm -hmm. No, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I like, like working from a place of where you are you know, so then you have, you know, using the skills you already have. So it's prepping certain meals that you already know that you can do and slotting those in. Now you're already setting yourself up for success. So anything you add on top of that is kind of like a bonus. It's like, okay, you're, you're expanding your, your repertoire of, of cooking a little bit. That's a good thing, but it's still within the foods that you like. So you'll be more likely to cook those. You mentioned this idea of easy, like defining easy for you know, that next step, how would you, def like, how do you define easy as a coach with working with a client? Ooh, something that's easy, like easy to accomplish, uh, doesn't add stress. Um, I, I would say it, it, it probably pairs well with the concept of like making it hard to screw up. So, like if it's if it seems like the easy way to to solve the problem, then you go with it. So if a client comes to me and is like, Connie, I like I like having meatloaf, in uh, in potatoes for dinner. You know, my family loves it. I came from that kind of background where we just love having just like you know meats the centerpiece. I'm like, all right, well let's go with nutrition by addition. So put your meatloaf on the plate, put the potatoes on the plate. Let's add a vegetable. What kind of vegetables do you like? and throw it on. So we don't have to dig for a healthy meatloaf recipe necessarily to solve the problem. It might just be a matter of like, all right, add more vegetables. That's easy, move forward. You know, the, the least amount of uh, brain power that we can dedicate to this process, the better. And that's what, I think that's what defines easy for me because as parents, employees, as just human beings ourselves, we have only so many decisions that we're capable of making in a day. And the last thing I want my client to do is to feel like they're losing their mind just thinking about eating. So that's why we put it on paper. All right, instead of getting to like 5 p.m. where you're starving and you have no idea what's for dinner and you stand in your fridge with like a blank stare and then you just end up ordering it anyways, all you have to do is look at the meal plan calendar all right, we're making lentils and rice today. I have all the ingredients. Here's the recipe card. Let's go do it. Nice. Yeah, no, I love it. It's yeah, simple, simple, simple. Don't create extra stress. Use the skills that you have and work from there. Yeah, I love it. Now, what we're going to do, Connie, is something that I love to do with coaches like you because I know you get this sort of question or scenario a lot with your clients is if I've got... If I'm trying to make progress on something and I want to take the most effective five minute action that I can doing something. So let's say I'm, you know, planning my meals out for the week and I'm kind of stumped and I don't know where to start. And I need to, I need a, a time of five minutes where I can start this process. Where would I begin? What's an effective five minute action for me? 
I would say if you have that pen and paper on your plate, I'm on your plate, oh. <laughs> thinking about food. If you have that pen and paper and you're starting to write it out, I would say put your dinners on the menu and then the next day forward for each one, make that your lunch. Mm. That way you don't have to think about for a second what your lunches are because they're right there. And then go to Amazon or whatever shopping website you prefer uh, and buy really good reusable containers. That way you know that whenever you make those meals that you have really good quality containers that you can refrigerate or freeze if you have to, you know exactly where they are in your kitchen, that they're really nice and you know, making, making that experience just a little more enjoyable. Uh, and right there, whenever you're, you're preparing and finishing your meals, put it in the container and put it in the refrigerator, knowing that you have lunch for the next day. Awesome. I love it. Simple. And you're already using what you've already prepared. So like it. Yeah. So here's a question that's out from right field. Um, what do you, how can you explain this phenomenon of missing Tupperware lids? You know what I'm talking about. Oh you know it. God. Everybody has experience with this and we have this in our family. It's like mysteriously these lids go missing. Uh, clearly the one-footed sock aliens that also steal one of our socks <laughs> take them and use them to go sled riding. Okay. That's the only answer I can give you because <laughs> I don't no, know. That's, that's good. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell my wife, Joe, that I'll, I'll let her, I'll let her know that that's the case. At least any explanation at this point, any explanation at this point, Connie is, is good enough for me because it's become, it's become an unexplained phenomenon in our household i'm glad that's bridging the uh the the country border the it's not just an american thing yeah, no <laughs> it's not a at all. problem shared by uh, parents and fitness pros and adults worldwide exactly exactly so now we'll, we'll bridge over to a fun question in the last year what has been your most impactful purchase of a hundred dollars or less Oh my gosh. So, uh, you know, at first I had to think about like what, what was less than a hundred dollars in my kitchen. Cause I, I just, you know, during COVID, I, I was like, I, you know what, I'm going to get better at latte art. I'm going to buy an espresso machine and that is way over a hundred dollars. So that doesn't count. Um, and then I just kept thinking through. And then I remembered that like before all this happened, um, I went to Williams Sonoma uh, because I have this weird, um, I have this weird pattern of behavior with with a friend of mine that lives uh, by Philadelphia. So just uh, about two hours away, we're really great friends. But every time we're together, uh, we both end up purchasing something expensive from Williams Sonoma. It's just <laughs> like we gravitate towards King of Prussia Mall, and it's this big, beautiful uh, Williams Sonoma setup, and we just end up getting something. Like one year, it was uh, I got a Le Creuset cast iron pot. And it was like $300, it was, it was not on my radar to purchase at all. And now it's just kind of become a tradition. Uh, so when I saw her last, I was like, you know what? All of my knives suck. I am worried I'm gonna cut my finger off. Um, you know, they're, they're just like, there's no use in sharpening them. They, I bought them in like a bulk pack at Costco or something, it was really embarrassing. And so I bought a really um, excellent, excellent quality chef's knife. Um, from I think it's 
Zwieler's Witzer. It's a German brand. It mm. is very high quality. And I'm pretty sure William Sonoma will also sharpen it for $5 anytime you bring it in. Oh, wow, there you go. But that combined with just even like YouTubing basic knife skills, it's like a massive game changer whenever you're prepping in the kitchen. First of all, you just feel like a pro and that like someone should be recording you chopping carrots and putting you on Food Network. Um, but it, it also just like, it enables you to, you know, cut your, you know, fruits, vegetables, chicken, whatever, um, with confidence that like, you know, people cut their, cut their fingers more often on dull blades than they do mm -hmm. on sharp ones. Yeah. So it's just like, it feels good. It is like just one of those, I don't know, it's one of those things that I, I've really found uh, a lot of use um, purchasing. And like I said, you said under hundred dollars that I think it was only maybe like 75 or 80 bucks, which is like, you know, for a little stabby thing you think is kind of high, but I mean, this sucker is going to like last forever. Well, I always like break down purchases like that. Like you break it down to the number of times you use it. Right. So if you take that price and then break it down to the number of times you've used it in the last year, right. It's probably like a sense if that, right. Like, yeah. So really it's, yeah, it's well worth the purchase. I know we had our knives sharp and my dad has like this professional knife sharpening thing. And I took my knives over there, shout out dad, he <laughs> rocked it and man, life-changing difference right there. And that's a great idea for you, Connie, for your uh, social media is you gotta, you gotta show some of that chopping skills. Connie's got awesome social media, so we'll, we'll give links to her, but she does lots of food prep stuff, but that's something you could put on there for a post, I tell you. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I do pretend that I, I have my own like food show. And that's like, that's, that's dated back to like fourth grade when I, we did like video projects in school on a cassette recorder. Yeah. Folks. Oh, oh you're, you're I, in your 40 group. You guys get it. I know. Oh, I so get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I remember recording, recording tape, mixtapes. What a pain that was back in the day on cassette tapes. I tell you, you need oh, to yeah. that. Top eight at eight is yep. playing your jam and you're like, oh, it's Coolio. It's Gangster's Paradise. I got to hit record. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. We were texting back and forth before that you answered with Coolio. And I'm like, oh, my God, she knows. She yeah. knows. I That's... used to say that to you all the time. Coolio. Bringing it back. Yeah, you're bringing it back. I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. Well, just to wrap up here, Connie, thanks so much for, for coming on. And uh, anything you got going on that you want to share with the audience about some of your programs or anything that uh, you'd like them to know about? Uh, well, I am giving away uh, free digital copies of my Ultimate Smoothie Guide. So we're talking about kitchen stuff. And it's a 32-page book on how to organize your kitchen to be the most efficient, how to choose the proper equipment, and my most amazing smoothie recipes. And these things are way more affordable than the powdered stuff. I have my own personal beefs with like powdered shake companies. Um, and yeah, I'm totally giving that away this, this season to anybody. And all you have to do is find me on Instagram, uh, and click the link in my bio, or you can reach out and find me at ConniePastorius.com. And lastly, anyone who's listening that isn't, uh, a New Yorker, you're welcome to join my, uh, mamas, you're welcome to join my strong as a mother 
Facebook group. Uh, it's Fitness, Nutrition, and Wellness for the New York City Mom, but I'm happy to include some honorary New Yorkers as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I got to sign up for that. That sounds like an awesome guide. I and send you a copy. Yeah. All right. There we go. Because I'm, uh, even though I'm not a New York mama, I can be <laughs> one of those honorary ones if you let me. <gasps> Um, more than Mary or Pat. I'm the only, I'm the only man in my house. So I'm kind of an honorary female as it is anyway. So, um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I get, I get owned in my house for sure. Um, what's your Instagram handle? Connie? It's at Connie Pastorius first name, last name. Uh, mm -hmm. so whatever on the title screen, you can look up how to find Pastorius. Um, my maiden name. Yeah, my, in the show notes. <laughs> my maiden name's Baker, which was always easier when I was on like customer service or on the phone with somebody. Yeah. And I'm and they asked like, what's your last name? Like Baker, like the job. And I, I never had to spell it, but with Pastorius, there's actually they put in extra O's or I have to spell it out easily. Oh, it's worth it. I love my husband. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's good. Good answer. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks so much, Coin. Appreciate you coming on today. And it's been an awesome chat. And yeah, for sure, everybody go check out Connie's work. It's awesome. And uh, wishing everyone the best of the season. And let's rock this 2021 and kick 2020 out the backside. <laughs> thanks, Pat. Thanks for listening today. If you liked what you heard, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you have any comments, feedback, or ideas for future shows, please email me at patrick at endurancejourney.com. Thanks.